Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today, we've got Brendan Kane. Brendan could change your life today. Brendan prides himself on reverse engineering how you go about doing your business systematically through research. He's got viral trends. He is the foremost expert on all these topics. He wakes up in beast mode 24-7. So excited to have you here, buddy. Thank you so much for jumping on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to connect with you and everybody that's tuning into this. Oh, man, I'm so jacked. Obviously, you've got to be like hiding under a rock if you don't know what you've accomplished. And, and you know, you've got multiple bestsellers and just the stuff you do. I love what you do because every time I hear you speak, you really are about impact and about influence. You, you obviously are going to have income with the kind of success you've had, but that really isn't your driver. I just love that about you. One of the things you talk about when you're evaluating someone or even your own material, you've got over 50 plus what you call performance drivers. And I, I find those really sexy. Which of those, you know, there's a million, there's 50 plus, but of those 50, when you're evaluating your clients, evaluating people in general, what are some of the performance drivers most common being overlooked, missed? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think first to to set the stage for the answer to that question is understanding that the world that we live in today, there's 4 billion content creators on the planet. That's how many people are on social media. And every single one of them with literally a click of a button can post something. So what that means is it's extremely competitive for grabbing and holding attention because you're fighting against, not your just direct competition, but you're fighting against every piece of content that Netflix produces Kim Kardashian, uh, Jimmy Fallon, you know, every teenage influencer. So it's not really just about, hey, I'm just going to record a video and post it. It's what is the story that I'm telling? How am I telling that story for the ability to rise above the other content? So what controls reach and distribution and virality of content is the algorithms. And the algorithms, there's a lot of myths out there. One of the biggest myths about algorithms is that they suppress your reach on purpose in order to get you to pay for reach, which is not the case because then nobody would ever go viral. So what is the core purpose of the algorithm? It's retention, meaning the longer people spend on the platforms, the more ads they can serve, the more profit they generate. So with that in mind, the algorithms have billions and billions of pieces of content to choose from. So they are looking for content that can grab attention and hold attention, playing to their business goal for as long as possible. So I'm going a, a long way around of answering your question to set the stage so it makes more sense. So to give you a, a prime example of the nuances and you know the, the level of difference in performance, I have a friend named Alex Stemp. Uh, he just hit 20 million followers on TikTok. He's the photographer that approaches random strangers on the street and offers them a professional photo shoot. So we looked at his most viewed video, which was 90 million views. And then another video that was like an average for him, which was 5 million views. Now, going back to that conversation about retention, the average time people are watching the 90 million view video was 27 seconds. And the average time that people are watching the 5 million views, 21 seconds. So we're talking about a six second differential represents 85 million views and performance. So that's the level of detail that we're talking about that determines whether your content succeeds 
succeeds or fails. So going back to the original question about these performance drivers, you know, we don't typically when we're working with a client, we don't really get caught up in the content. We get caught up in the context because literally anything can be made to go viral. Insurance goes viral. Taxes goes viral. Medicine goes viral. Clinical psychology goes viral. It's really the context of how you're representing your, your, your genius, your expertise. And one of the performance drivers that we see time and time again, that either benefits a content creator in making their content go viral or detracting from it is the generalist approach. So what that means is that you're talking about a subject matter. How do you make the general audience care? How do you make the widest possible audience care? Because again, that's what the algorithms are looking for. So to give you a prime example, there is a, a YouTuber, Graham Stefan, and he teaches finance to millennials. So his most viewed video is how I bought a Tesla for $78. So that hook is setting a story and an expectation that anybody could be interested in. And then within the confines of the story that he's telling, he's still being true to what he wants to achieve, which is teach finance to millennials. Mm -hmm. But if he constructed that video of, hey, I'm going to break down the financing options and how to get the most value out of buying a car, it's playing to a very specific audience. Thus, the algorithm is going to see that and suppress that reach right away because it's not playing to the general audience. So does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's that's kind of one of the biggest principles because most people are operating from the paradigm of creative processes that were designed uh, pre-social media, which was create a niche piece of content for a niche audience. Right. Now that can still work for paid advertising, but when we're talking about organic and playing to what the algorithms want, that's not how these systems work. So this concept of how to make your message and interesting to the widest possible audience while still subtextually playing to your overall business goals is one of the the, the performance drivers that we see a lot of people struggling with. Mm. That's really good. I love all that. You know, you talk about content versus context. That's really a life thing, really. I mean, I work with a lot of coaches and educators and entrepreneurs that are always trying to present their message. And would you agree that it's not always about what you present, but how you present what you present. Is that kind of what you're saying? A hundred percent. Yeah. Cool. Because again, everything can be made to go viral. You know, I know, you know, there's like people that pour concrete that go viral. Like it, it's just, it's again, the context of how you make it interesting to the general audience. How do you make people care that never would have thought about it or hadn't cared about it or know nothing about you, which is, which is, which is a challenge but the, the primary challenge that we're seeing is the lack of awareness that that is a consideration that they need to be making and creating content. Yeah, that is really good. I love that. So good. So it's interesting to hear you talk because you you listen to a lot of experts on, in, in other lanes. They will tell you that you want to get basically with your idea or your target audience. They'll say you want to get an inch an inch wide and a mile deep. So we should should we start extra wide first and then hone it in with our audiences and and who we're trying to reach and engage and and retain. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It, again, it's it's the context that you need to go wide with. So I'll give you another prime example because it's a great question. Is there is a luxury real estate agent named Ryan Serhant? He's got over a million subscribers on YouTube, and he his company specializes in selling properties $10 million plus in Manhattan. 
So that audience is super, super small. However, he understands these principles. So what he does is, and he consistently goes viral, is he takes his core expertise, his message, and he creates videos like, let me take you on a tour of a $7 million closet. Let me take you on a tour of a $250 million home. So contextually, he's taking his expertise and making it interesting to everybody so that his videos will generate millions of views. And out of those millions of views, he knows if it's less than 1% of that core target that you know will buy homes from him, he's still winning. Right. And he's winning at a level that other real estate agents can't because they are getting drowned out by just focusing on a specific niche message for a niche, you know, niche audience. So that's really the difference is, is she, he's not losing his expertise. He's not losing what he does and who he does it for. He is just contextualizing it for the general audience. Sure. And sure. that is a way, you know, listen, you can still niche down for paid advertising, but if you master this organically, people won't be able to touch you. You'll, you'll blow your competition out of the water. Yeah. I love that. You can almost clear up your message period. Like maybe you, Maybe your person doesn't even totally know who your target audience is. You do what you're doing and you start drawing attention. You might be, your target audience might not actually be who you thought it was, but you can still be who you want to be. So Yeah, you still need to have a solid business plan and model. Like I'll give you an example. Again, if we just worked with a client that sells leather wallets and purses, very niche. Mm -hmm. And we worked with him and he's blowing up on TikTok and he's selling out of inventory. Like he, he, he can't, he can't, manage the demand. And again, it's like, you think about like, how do you make wallets go viral? And it's anything can be made to go viral with the right context of making it interesting to anybody, even if it, they're not the person that's going to buy your product, they are still extending your reach just by watching your content. So for every, let's just say for every thousand people that may not buy your product that are still watching your content and engaging with it, that may bring 10 new clients that actually have that because those thousand people are watching it. That is awesome. So good. Uh, I've heard you talk about how there's, you feel there's six different ways that information you're pumping out can be perceived. And I'm, I always talk about how per people's perception of us is our reality, right? Right or wrong, they're right. They could be totally wrong, but if that's how they perceive us, it is what it is. In particular, like if you're talking about three seconds or short, really a really short window without scrolling and all that jazz, I believe they were feel, fact, fun, value, action, imagination. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Knowing all of that, how do we know our zone of genius? I'm wondering, like, can everyone be great at all six of those things or are certain personality types, certain lanes better at one than the other? How do we know our zone of genius and within those six types of perceptions or do, or do we need to know that? Yeah. That so, so yeah, absolutely. So if you give some context to the audience that, that, that may not be familiar, what you're talking about is we have a communication algorithm that's backed by 1.5 million communication assessments thrown worldwide. It's the same algorithm that Pixar uses in all of their script writing and advertising and what it does is it breaks communication to a mathematical formula about how people perceive brands, perceive content. So the largest subset of the population is feeling-based. It's 30%. So people connect with your brand, your content, buy your products and services based upon how it makes them feel. 
The second largest subset of the population is fact-based 25%. So it's not about feelings and emotions. It's about, does this make sense? Who, what, when, where, why? Uh, that's how they make decisions. 20%, the third largest is fun-based. So these people are very reactive. They, 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 these are your friends. They're like, this thing is awesome. This thing sucks. They're like, they just like react to everything around them. They love to have fun. They're typically the life of the party. Uh, 10% is a value. So do I trust this brand? Am I, is it, is it committed to me? What are its values? Another 10% is reflective base, uh, imagination. Best analogy is Albert Einstein. He would stare off in the window for hours on end to reflect on the world, to come up with his best ideas. And then the smallest 5% is action-based. They just want the bottom line. They want the best. They want to move fast. So if you've ever seen Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, he's running the move, entire movie. He's hanging off the side of airplanes. He's jumping off buildings. That's how they get their, their psychological needs as incidents. So when we when we look at this is can you be good at all six to your question? The answer is yes. We have the ability to access all six. It's just we have our strengths and we have our weaknesses. And we are typically communicating from and connecting with uh, messages from our strengths. So my strengths are thoughts and logic as my top, imagination, and then feelings and emotions. So those are my strengths. My weaknesses are values and opinions, fun and action. But I have access to them with awareness and, you know, in practicing and getting good at it. Now, typically what we say is focus on the big three, feelings, facts, and fun, because those three alone represent 75% of the audience. So you don't necessarily have to hit all six. You can focus on the big three. Um, but, you know, the critical part is first gaining awareness about how you're communicating. Because if I were just to, to speak from facts and logic, that's only 25% of the population and I'm disconnecting from 75%. Mm. So this is where brands are are leaving millions or even coaches or consultants leaving millions of dollars on the table because they may not be connecting with their potential customer. Again, it's going back to, it's not about the message, it's about the context. Love it. So good. God, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you you work with Fortune 500 companies, celebrities, massive brands, You've had a lot of success with all those. You've also brought in billions of views, hundreds of thousands of followers. One might ask, what makes your toes tap? I mean, you hear about so many people that have found so much success in whatever lane, and they get to a point where they're not really growing so much as just trying to maintain. They've got this reputation now, and now they start to fry. What, what gets you excited? What helps you keep growing considering all the success you've had? Well, it's, it's learning and it's both on the business front, but on the personal development front. So I probably spend, I don't know if it's a much time, but a good percentage of my time working on myself to sustain and keep going and growing. Um, but it's really the desire to, to learn as much as possible to improve myself and to improve uh, my ability and my team's ability to add value to the world. Uh, so that's really, it's just a natural curiosity that that keeps that drive going. And without that curiosity, uh, boredom sets in pretty quick. Okay. So I think it's just really hardwired into myself and my team is like, we really enjoy 
understanding what makes content successful and and other and holds other content back. If if we didn't, then I, I don't think we'd be very good at it because it's a lot of it's a lot of time and energy that we spend every day dissecting content, what works, what doesn't work. That's so good. Curiosity really is your catalyst. I love that. So you have a, a program that you basically describe as a mastermind of experts. You want to tell us a little bit about that? It, it's viral trends? Yeah. So we have a, a viral content engineering process. It's a creative process that's backed by 60 billion views, 100 million followers, and a billion in revenue. And the core foundation of that process is research and insights. Because you cannot consistently go viral if you don't understand why things go viral. And gleaming these insights and research takes a lot of time. We have a team of analysts that do this every day. And it's not just the time to do the research, but also learning the nuances. You know, as we said, there's over 50 different performance indicators. It takes time to spot those. So basically with viral trends is every week we jump on a live Zoom call, we break down an influencer, a brand, a viral format, and we dissect the nuances of how they're telling their story, what is driving their success, uh, and then how to specifically apply it to their content. And we actually give them the actual research sheets that our team creates and, and also an activation guide that summarizes all of it and, and how to take action on it. I love that. That's so good. I wanted to ask you, we've, we've got less than five minutes to go. And then uh, Brendan's based out of London right now, pretty late there when, at the time of this recording. So I appreciate you being with us, buddy. I don't know what's more impressive fact that you're still up late or your hair. Hair's, lo- <laughs> hair's looking good for the late evening there, uh, BK. So I always talk about how the world's run by great questions. What questions should we be asking ourselves? We're about to click send. We're putting something together. What are some questions we should be asking ourselves to set, to let us know that are we putting out the right six? Are, are we meeting in the, the right uh, in those 50 plus performance uh, drivers that we're talking about. What are there a few questions that you can think of that we should be talking and asking ourselves? Yeah, I think it's 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 first and foremost being really mindful in the content creation process, and and I'll get to a specific you know question. I just want to set the stage. You know, the the the, the blessing and the curse of social media is we literally can open up our phone at any time, click a button, and hit record. It's a blessing because it gives us this true power that didn't exist you know, 25 years ago. The curse is there's 4 billion other people that have the same power. Right. So it's not just about creating content, it's creating effective content. So one of the things, and, and one of the reasons that we created Viral Trends that we do with our clients is we, we say, identify a specific reference of a content creator, a format that works for what you wanna convey. And again, when we identify an influencer or format, we don't pay attention to the content. We pay attention to the context, the nuances, so that we don't say to copy their content. We say copy the way that they tell their stories. So what we do is we say, okay, here's the reference. You choose the reference, and then you create a piece of content mimicking the storytelling mechanisms the performance drivers are using. And then you put the reference on one side of the screen and your content on the other side of the screen. And the question is, being really honest with yourself, what did we get right? What did we miss? And that that comparison, that level of awareness, if you are honest with yourself, you'll see night and day differences between the content. So I, I think having that 
level of awareness at a high level is is one of the most important things to ask yourself. And then also what you can start doing as you're consuming content on social media is start asking yourself, well, why is this content creator getting 10 million views a video versus this other content creator? And that could be yourself or somebody else you know is getting a thousand views a video. And really see that question in your head and try and understand the differences between those two. And then I think the third question is, why would somebody that knows nothing about me or may not have interest in my subject matter care about this piece of content? Man, so good. Gosh, freaking rock star. So, hey, we got uh, we got 30 to 45 seconds. 30 to 45 seconds to speak to our audience, five continent wide. What can they do beginning today to create the best version of themselves beginning today? What you got? My philosophy is just keep learning, be curious. I can definitively tell you the clients that we have success with versus the clients that don't is just pure mindset. It's just, are they open? Are they receptive to learning? And, and it's and it's funny because I, I make choices about the person relationships that I have uh, and spend time with based upon, are they open-minded? Are they constantly learning or challenging themselves? And it's one of the reasons I grew up in Chicago. I left Chicago because to me, it was a very linear mindset to life. I have nothing against that. It's just not who I want to be right. as an individual. So I, I think it's just the, the the key to success is realizing or operating from the fact that you know nothing. And if you operate from the fact that you know nothing, then you're constantly curious and constantly open to learning new things and learning to do uh, and accomplish your goals in different ways. Oh, you can't see it right now, but I feel like I just built. Can you talk about a, a, a hook or the three-second rule? I feel like I just built a six-pack in just the first three seconds of you speaking right there. That was fantastic, man. So good. Definitely speaking my language. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet, man. Make it a great day.